0: So rather than a a single scripture reading this morning, I kind of have a series of scripture readings that all connect, so I ask if you would open your ears and your hearts to hear a number of similar passages spread throughout the New Testament, the theme of which should be coming quite clear very shortly on. So hear the words of the Lord written to his people. We're going to start in Romans 15, 30. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. Ephesians 6, 18 and 19. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. I could go on. Colossians 4.2, 1 Thessalonians 5.25, Philemon verse 22, Jude verse 20. All these letters and passages were written by men under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the believers of the day, and by God's grace they are written to guide and direct and exhort and encourage believers throughout all ages. And it's amazing to me how many of the letters found in the New Testament end in the same manner. A supplication from its author, pray for me. Pray for us. Pray in everything. In a sermon on March 20th, 1859 at the Royal Surrey Gardens in London, England, Charles Spurgeon said this regarding the prayer life of a believer. Do you expect ever to make any progress in the road to heaven if you doubt your God? Do you imagine you shall ever go far along the heavenly pilgrimage if you neglect prayer? As well could you expect a plant to grow without air and water as to expect your heart to grow without prayer and faith? A poor, blanched thing may be produced in a dark cellar, and so may you maintain a poor, blanched, miserable existence if you live absent from your God and apart from that strength which faith can give you. But you can never attain the healthy verdure of grace. O man, if you would grow in grace, if you would comprehend with all the saints what are the heights and depths, and know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, look well to your knees that they be strong. Look well to your hands that they hang not down. With such an exhortation as that, would you... God's people of Elk Point Baptist Church, come with me to our Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, you have called us to be a people of prayer. You have called us to be people that come before you, and you have commanded us to come before you, and you have equipped us to come before you based on the righteous work of your Son, Jesus Christ, And, Lord, I pray that as we gather this morning that we might see the value and the benefit and the importance of prayer, that we might be pricked in our consciences if we have let our prayer lives lax, that we might be encouraged in our times of quiet prayer with you, that we might be motivated to become a people as a church who pray to you regularly, always, and with great passion. Lord, I thank you for each one in this church who is so faithful in their prayer for the church and for the ministries of the church and for their brothers and sisters within and without of the church. And God, I pray for each one who is here and joining with us online that you would Be speaking to our hearts by your Holy Spirit and guiding us in in the truth of your Word. I know that there are many among us who are either still sick or recovering from illness or recovering from injury, Lord. And God, we ask that you, by a work of your hand, would bring healing. Whether it is a miraculous work of healing done by your Spirit, Or if it is a work of healing where you continue to knit the body back together by its own processes. Or a work of healing through the work of doctors and medical staff. Lord, I ask that you would bring our people and our extended families surrounding us back to full and complete health. That we might... Not only worship you, but bring you all glory with the way that we live and act. And we can point to you in saying, it is God who has healed me. And God, we know that there are many programs and things starting up this fall. And God, I pray for each one of those things. And we pray that all of them would be used to bring you glory. And all of them would be used to point... Our people and the town around us and the county around us towards you. God, that you would raise up faithful leaders to run these programs in such a way that you would be glorified. And with fall coming quickly, I pray also for all of our students, whether in high school or university or whatever it might be, Lord, as they return to their studies. I pray that they would not return to their studies with a begrudging attitude and the frustration that the joy and the freedom of summer is coming to a close, but they might apply themselves to the task upcoming. They might see the work that is ahead of them and that they would do all of these things for your glory, that they would do their homework and their studies and even spend time with their friends, that they might do all of these things for your glory. And Lord, we ask that you would protect them. Our world is hostile to you and against the things of your word. And we pray your protection on the students that are going into, particularly the ones going into these secular institutions that would seek to train them in anything but righteousness. Lord, equip the families of this church to strengthen and encourage their students. Open the lines of communications between family and children. That we might discuss the things that are hard and confusing that we might hear at school. And God, that you might be with these students as they go to their classes. And that wherever they go, that they would be lights for you. And their light would not be extinguished by the darkness that is surrounding them in this world. God, we commit this service and each one here into your care. We thank you for all of the ways that you have loved us and cared for us this week. Praise things in Jesus' name. Amen. I love the piece of imagery that Spurgeon used there of the poor, blanched, miserable plant. Grown in a cellar, away from the air and fresh water. To be honest it reminds me a lot of a plant from my childhood my mother had a spider plant all of you know the type the hanging in baskets with long tendrils hanging down and this one hung in our kind of front sunroom and it would go through a cycle it would get water and attention it would flourish and grow like wildfire and take over that entire corner of the room and be happy as can be. But as often happens when things are healthy and doing well, it becomes forgotten, neglected and left in favor of other plants and other things around the house, other projects, things that are in more dire need of attention. And then at some point down the road, someone would notice this once healthy plant now died down to one measly sad little frond hanging there in the midst of a bunch of crispy brown bits. And then it would get some water and some attention. You'd pull all the dead stuff off and it would spring back to life and the cycle would start again. This cycle with this particular plant went on for no less than 15 years in my house growing up. I don't know how that plant survived the things that it did. And I honestly don't know whatever happened to that plant. I'm sure at some point it went beyond saving. But it forever stuck with me as a lesson and example of faith. This plant that dies without the water and the nourishment that it so desperately needs. The positive side of such an example goes along with the verse that my Auntie Diane, a faithful woman who has since gone home to be with the Lord, she read for me as a blessing when I was born from Jeremiah chapter 17. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord, He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green, and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. All of these examples, Jeremiah 17 and the spider plant and Spurgeon's message, there's this pattern throughout the New Testament where prayer is a central source of this kind of nourishment. Prayer is a central source of our connection to God. We come to God in prayer, and we come to God and find Him in His Word. And if you and I are to trust in the Lord to remain rooted in Him, if we do not want to become like the spider plant dying away to one useless brown crispy fronds we must absolutely be people of prayer our official passage this morning is from hebrews 13 verses 18 and 19 pray for us for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you sooner. A simple request of this audience. Pray for us. Pray for us that, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act honorably in all things. This clear conscience seems to be in regard to their duty, to our author's duty. And remember that we recently looked at verses 7 and 8 and verse 17 of Hebrews 13, speaking of their leaders, of whom our author apparently counts himself as one. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us. We don't know the life conditions of our author. We don't know what's going on in his world at this point. We don't know for sure who authored this letter at all. But we know from our passage that he had a great pastoral concern for this audience. We know he'd been with them personally in the past, hence being restored to them. We know that he was somehow being restrained either by time or distance or by people from returning to them. Hence why he's praying that, or asking them to pray for his return. In his writings, we can see that he camped on enduring in the faith and on the centrality and the work of Jesus Christ. And in doing so, our author, as far as his responsibility is concerned, feels as though he has faithfully exercised his duty to these people. Because he has done so and he desires to continue to do so, he calls these people to prayer. When I was... Thinking about this, the Christianese phrase that came to mind was that he covets their prayers. You'll see that phrase on all manner of missionary letters and the like. We covet your prayers. And while that may seem to contradict the you shall not covet passage, the term covet can have both positive and negative connotations. And here it means to earnestly desire. In 1 Corinthians 12.31, certain translations, particularly the King James, tell us to covet earnestly the most excellent spiritual gifts. Our author covets. He earnestly desires the prayers of these saints in his audience. To the point where he says, I urge you all the more to pray for us. And this message can kind of be seen almost as a sequel of our message on church leadership. Yes, we must remember to imitate and obey and submit to our leaders as they follow Christ, but we definitely need to be praying for them. I cannot say what a blessing it has been to me as a pastor to see the establishment of our Sunday morning prayer meeting. We meet in the fireside room half an hour before the service starts, and it has been an absolute breath of fresh air to me. Simply, brothers and sisters, coming together to pray for the church and the needs of the church. It is a weighty thing for anyone in any form of ministry to come before God's people, whether it's our worship team coming up here to lead in worship, Someone coming up here to read scripture or take up the offering or pray or to preach. And it should rightly stir our hearts, not with worry, but with a holy fear and a holy reverence that we are up here leading God's people. And it's the same for me. On Sunday mornings, I am so blessed that I get to hear my Brothers and sisters, pray for me and for the church as I come to deliver the word. I'm able to come together with my brothers and sisters to pray together with all of my family for everyone who's involved in the service. It is a balm to the souls of the people who would hear it and it is strengthening, allowing us to speak clearly from God's word. So... Small plug, I encourage you to join with us on Sunday mornings. Half an hour before the service. And even if you can't make it out, even if you don't join with us on Sunday mornings, be in prayer for your church. Be in prayer for the service upcoming. Pray for your spiritual leaders that we might continue to live and act in a way that leaves us with a clear conscience living honorably before both God and man. Pray for us as we prepare for Sunday service and for our ministry throughout the week that God would guide and direct us, giving us wisdom and discernment in how we would live and act. And do so knowing that your leaders, that many within the church, are also engaged in prayer for you. Every now and then, I've been offered a glimpse into different people's prayer strategies. Whether it's an app on the phone, a little black book of prayer requests, or just a scribbled scrap of paper that someone keeps in their back pocket. I see so many within our church that are dedicated to praying for the people within the church. I know that our text message and email prayer chain gets well used and gets well prayed through. That when something goes on that prayer chain, that there are many within our church that are coming to God in prayer. When I read earlier the appeals and exhortations found in Paul's letters, one of the core elements that he requests is that he be strengthened to preach the gospel and that the preaching of the gospel would be effective. What would it look like if all of us were actively engaged in praying for our leaders and also for each other that we would be bold in proclaiming the gospel and then this same gospel would infect the hearts of the people who hear it? In his... Probably most known book, English evangelist uh, Leonard Ravenhill says this, Prayer is no substitute for work. Equally true, it is that work is no substitute for prayer. In his masterly but little-known work, the weapon of prayer, E.M. Bound says it is better to let the work go by default than let the praying go by neglect. Again, he says the most efficient agents in disseminating the knowledge of God in prosecuting his work on the earth and in standing as a breakwater against the billows of evil, have been praying church leaders. Surely revival delays because prayer decays. Nothing do Satan or hell fear more than praying men. Now we know that the spread of the gospel, the quickening of the sinful heart and mind is, like everything else, subject to the sovereignty of our Lord. We cannot manufacture a legitimate revival on our own. You could have daily, you could have hourly prayer meetings with people on their knees praying to God for revival. And if that was not God's will, it would not happen. But prayer is given to us as a means of seeing God's ends accomplished on this earth. It is not for nothing, we are told in James 5.16. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I know that many people within this church have regularly prayed that God would begin a revival in the hearts and minds of the people of Elk Point and of the Lakeland area. I think that is good. I think our little prayer meeting that we see growing on Sunday mornings is a great start. I think the prayers that I've heard in small Bible studies scattered throughout the church throughout the weeks is a great start. Keep praying for God's people. Keep praying for his church and keep praying that the gospel would go forth from here as the salvation of many who are lost. We need to continue to be people of prayer. As I thought about our author's outcry in the closing portions of his letter, pray for us, that, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience. I urge you the more earnestly to do this. I wondered how often we've felt this deeply about prayer. Beyond the typical low moments where we cry out to God in prayer because we have literally no other recourse But day to day, how often have we been desperate for prayer? How often have we depended on times of prayer alone before God and how often have we solicited the prayers of our Christian brothers and sisters? For any of us who have ever played a team sport, we know that there's something special about knowing that you And all of your teammates are striving towards the same goal, working towards it. And in those clutch, make-or-break moments, we know that the whole heart of that team is beating as one focused on that same aim. For me, growing up, baseball was always my sport, and my particular skill set was in the batter's box. And in those moments where the bases were loaded and I'm standing at home plate with a bat in my hands, I knew that all of my teammates were wholeheartedly willing me to connect with that ball and to drive those runs home. It was great motivation. It was great encouragement to have all of these people behind me just so earnestly desiring that I would succeed in this endeavour. I loved it, even knowing that none of their bated breath and none of their encouragement and none of their tensing up is going to make me a better baseball player. None of it is going to make the ball fly any further just because my teammates are all just squeezing on the bench. But you and I, brothers and sisters, have the opportunity to encourage one another in a similar way. And this time not just in the sense of vain hopes and crossed fingers. We have legitimately been commanded by God to come before Him in prayer. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.6 together as one we acknowledge him one team one family all striving together for the same goal and lord willing all of us praying for each other encouraging one another and bearing one another up before our lord in prayer we know that the one to whom we pray holds all things in his hands and that is one of the huge blessings of being a part of a local church. If you are a standalone Christian, you don't have a family of faith bearing you up in prayer, encouraging you in that way. We, as Elk Point Baptist Church, are one body, united in purpose, pursuing the same goal. We are pursuing the spread of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are pursuing His glory and honor and praise. And we know that our brothers and sisters are standing with us, wanting to see that same goal realized. If we, like we see throughout Hebrews, lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and run with endurance the race that is set before us, we do so looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, then we can rightly hope that we have the prayers of our brothers and sisters in the faith working according to the will of God in our pursuit of God's glory. This is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of Him. It's from 1 John 5, 14, and 15. God hears the prayers of His people and He answers them. How much boldness does that give us? That we are praying, that our brothers and sisters are praying alongside us, and we know that when our prayers are in line with God's will, that they will be answered. And that does not mean that we will always get our hoped-for result. Sometimes God's answer to our prayers will be a resounding no. When what we want and what he wants are out of step. But if we trust that God's will is good, if he is perfect and totally trustworthy, then we know that no matter the outcome of our prayers, how he chooses to answer our prayers, he is doing what is best, for his glory and for the good of his people. So we pray. We come before our Lord and we pray in accordance with his will. And we pray for one another that according to the will of God, that God would allow our brothers and sisters and our church leaders and the people involved in ministry throughout the world, that God would protect them, care for them, heal them, whatever it might be. So join with your church in prayer. Be praying privately. No good books, no good sermons, no podcast can take the place of time in prayer. Coming privately before the throne of God. Praying to Him and hearing Him speak to you by His Word. So be praying privately. Be praying as families. Husbands, fathers, be leading your families in prayer. Every day. As many times as you can fit in the day. See to it that you are leading your whole family before the Lord in prayer. Be praying as families. And be praying with your Elk Point Baptist Church family. Join with us on Sundays before the church service. Meet throughout the week with one another to pray. Any time a couple of us are together, we should be able to spend a moment or two in prayer. This doesn't need to be an hour and a half long prayer service here in the church. But if we're together, take a moment to pray for one another. Pray for the church and the ministries of the church, that God would use these works in the church for his glory. And what do we pray for? We pray for each other, our needs, our hurts, our joys. We pray for our leaders, both leaders within the church and pray for our leaders in government. We pray for the works being done for God's glory both here and around the world. Pray for the church wherever God has planted it, including in persecuted areas throughout the world. We pray always and unceasingly, whatever our situation may be. And we do so always remembering that it is His will that will be done and His kingdom that will come. I would love to see us be known as a church of prayer. I would love to see us establish a culture where to part with one another without spending time in prayer would just feel wrong. The joy of doing family worship with my family, I absolutely love it on the days where I'm just gassed and have no energy left. And my kids look at me and be like, okay, it's time. Come, come read the Bible. Come pray. And what an encouragement that is to know that there's a culture there. There's an assumption that we are going to spend time in God's Word and prayer. Let's establish that same kind of culture in all of our interactions with one another. Whether we're going and spending some time on a boat or hunting or driving somewhere or enjoying delicious snacks at someone's house. I don't care what it might be. Let us become a people that come to our Lord in prayer and bear one another in the church up in prayer wherever we go. With that, I'll ask that the worship team would come and I think it would be good if we could pray with one another. The easiest way to do so, in my mind, would be the, the Lord's Prayer that we all know quite well, given to us by our Lord in Matthew 6 and Luke 11. As a child, I memorized it in the old style, and old habits are hard to break, so pardon my thighs and thous, but um, let's come before our Lord and pray the Lord's Prayer.